Hey, MTV. Welcome to my crib. Just kidding. Got my fucking house. Welcome to my podcast. And it is Stripper Mentor Monday, where me, your stripper mentor, gives you advice on whatever the fuck I want to talk about. And I previously have been lacking a theme song. However, one of my very good friends has made me one. It's not ready for this episode yet because I had such a busy weekend, but I'm really excited and yeah, you guys, I can't fucking wait. I'm so stoked. Oh my God. But in the meantime, one more chuggy intro at least, am I right? Because huh. it's advice from a stripper, stripper, stripper. It's advice from a stripper, stripper, stripper. It's advice. It's advice. It's advice. It's advice. It's advice from a stripper, stripper, stripper. <laughs> All right, that was excellent. Um, Hopefully the last cringy, chuggy episode where I do that. They're all chuggy and they're all cringy, but like at least the intro will be profesh. And y'all, it's it makes me feel like a baddie. I'm so excited. Anyways, I'm gonna shut the fuck up. So, what are we talking about today, Mary? Oh my god, have I got have I got shit to say today? Now, what we're talking about is something I am really passionate about, but hopefully it won't be too long of an episode. So, something I believe very firmly. And this is for all relationships, especially romantic ones. So if you've ever been in a relationship, if you want to ever be in a relationship, if you have trust issues, jealousy, trauma, anxiety, (laughs) if you take this medication while pregnant, you may become more pregnant. Um, You may also have been hurt by your partner's words or actions, insecurities, a lack of effective communication, perhaps you have anxiety, trauma, or jealousy. Perhaps you've been serial cheated on and it drives you fucking crazy, but you still can't seem to find the right solution. Wow, I really, I really fucked that up at the end. I think I have a really good medicine voice for the medicine commercials. Apparently in other countries, they don't advertise their pharmaceuticals because it's a healthcare industry, not a capitalist society. Anyways, it's actually feudal capitalism now, but if you want me to talk about that, let me know. So you should be able to assume the best in your partner. Let me say that one more time. You, bestie you, I'm talking to you. You should be able to assume the best in your partner. And if you can't, because most people can't, I guarantee if you're like, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like I can for the most part. I assume the best for the most part. You probably don't that much. Um, <laughs> they're like, shut up. I'm like, yeah, okay. Anyways. If you can't assume the best in your partner, which is super fucking common, you do need to ask yourself why. We all know trust is fucking important in a relationship and that you should be able to trust your partner. However, very few people do this. And it is very few people make an effort to determine the source of why they can't assume the best in their partner. They make it, very few people make an effort to figure out what the source of this distrust and anxiety is. So why are some reasons you might not be able to trust your partner? Well, Mary here could write a very long list, uh, but I'm going to just throw some out because I don't get paid enough. (laughs) All right. So you got jealousy. You know, she's a familiar bitch. 
You have trauma, a consistent bitch. You have anxiety, my favorite bitch. No, <laughs> you have anxiety. Maybe the trust has been broken, maybe several times in that relationship. Maybe it's not even your partner's words or actions, maybe a past partner's words or actions. Insecurities that haven't gone looked over, a lack of effective. Bleh. Bitch, can you speak? No, I cannot. A lack of effective communication. But here's the stitch. Every here's the stitch. You're watching eh, Disney Channel. Here's the situation. It's everyone's situation is different. Everyone's situation is always going to be different. But not different enough that uh, I can't have an opinion about it. So here we go. I want to focus first on this concept of reactions versus responses. So a reaction, you're acting on instinct. I've noticed most people have trauma-based instincts. And it makes sense. Most of our instincts, most of our reactions are a result of your trauma and your upbringing. And you have four options. Yes, there are four. It's not just fight and flight. Dumbasses. I'm kidding. I didn't know that till like last year because my therapist was like, oh, so that's when you froze. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, no, 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 like fight, flight, fawn, or freeze. And I was like, what? So I said it, fight, flight, fawn, or freeze. If you want me to go into all of those, I would be more than happy to do an episode about it. I think it's really fascinating. Um, I love psychology. I've had to educate myself a lot about psychology to work on my brain activity, to manage my brain, understand the medication I'm taking, et cetera, et cetera. Now, a response, a reaction I want to point out can, like if you're, if you have an emotional reaction, that can become an emotionally intelligent response. When you respond, you're acting with intention and reflection and intention and reflect and take work, but we can get to that. So a great example of reaction, let's say your partner has expressed their upset at you. Maybe they haven't even yelled, okay? Maybe they've just been like, hey, I'm a little upset. This hurt my feelings. Or, hey, it kind of frustrates me when you do X, Y, Z. Maybe they're like, hey, you know, um, it really gets to me when you keep leaving shit in the fucking toilet. I don't know, okay? I don't know what you're up to these days. But rather than have a calm and healthy communication where you validate their feelings that and can explain yourself, yada, 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 if you want me to talk about communication, that's going to be a two-parter, but let me know. But you shut down because when you were a child and someone was upset at you, they might yell at you or hit you. And that creates a, re a reaction in your brain to protect you. And that reaction was to shut down. And so now your partner has expressed that they're angry with you and you, you shut down. You, you're like, I can't deal with this right now. And you leave. Okay, so that's not healthy, but it can become an emotionally intelligent response when you reflect, when you're not afraid to ask yourself, why did I respond like this? What might have caused me to react like this in former relationships? Is, are there times where this had to be my response or reaction when I was a child? Why am I responding in this way? Now, let's say it's a response. You take that reaction 
and you, you know, your partner does something, they trigger a trauma and you feel yourself start to shut down. And then you ask yourself, have they ever, think of how to phrase this. You should be able to communicate with your partner and traumas make that really hard. But if you can express why you did, why you had the reaction you had and craft a response, say, Hey, I'm really sorry for my behavior earlier. It wasn't cool. It wasn't called for. You don't deserve that. I don't want that for us. It was because of this. And I didn't really realize it until this happened, but something I need to work on. Brilliant, darling. Four stars. Smashing. Oh my God. Ding dong. We've got it. An emotionally intelligent response. But here's the thing though. At the end of the day, whether you have reactions or responses, you do need to hold yourself accountable for the outcome. And just a disclaimer before we dive in. Traumas are hard and insecurities are hard and they're not invalid. They are so difficult to work through, especially on your own. Therapy is a great tool. When you can't have therapy, in my opinion, I think shadow work and journaling are a really great way to help you work through your shit. However, you can't ask somebody, this is going to hurt, but I do believe this because I have dated people when I shouldn't have been dating in the first place. You can't ask someone to date you if you don't cons- if you constantly are behaving in a way that negatively impacts your life. If you're, you know, you, let's say you have trust issues, so you're constantly making your partner miserable when they go out with their friends, you're constantly negative impact negatively impacting their life without trying to better yourself, without trying to work through your trauma, without trying to be proactive about your insecurities. I would love to do an episode on how, for me, I have worked through my trauma, if that's interesting. I mean, there's layers to me. I'm an onion. Oh, thriving. We love an onion. I honestly don't know how I, I feel like, yeah, no, onions are planted. I am a blossoming onion. Wait, that's a fucking entree? (laughs) Oh my god, wait, isn't that a fucking entree at the place where they have bread and meat? What is that fucking place called? Oh, they have rolls. I don't know. (laughs) It's gonna drive me fucking nuts. God damn it. Anyways, I'm not a blossoming onion, but appetizers could be big right now, TBH. Anyways, you can't if you keep behaving in ways that negatively impact others, you're allowing yourself to not change, to not grow, to not acknowledge your trauma. You're living a worse life and you're making someone else's life worse. And that's just, obviously, that's just not fucking cool. And by dating someone, when you feel that you are broken, you know, you're like, oh, I have so much trauma, I have so much baggage, et cetera, et cetera and you're constantly negatively impacting their life, you're a shitty partner. You're never going to be a good partner if you don't show up for yourself. 
I don't like RuPaul Charles because he does fracking and um, his show felt a little fat phobic. I do watch every season though, because it is bananas what they make those poor drag queens go through in my opinion. I don't think they should make it that hard. Hot take. Anyways, as RuPaul Charles once said, by the way, he fracks oil in case you're interested because he's kind of a shitty person. Um, environmental queens, do your research. Don't feel obligated to spend all your fucking time there, though. I mean, it's – I'm not going to get into environmentalism. I'm going to stick to my shit. I do know a lot about environmentalism, though. I was an environmental science major. So don't come for me. But I – anyways. Moving on. Moving on. It's my podcast. I will not edit anything. That's the best part. You get me unedited because I – I'm all over the place. I'm a I'm a silly little goofy train that you've hopped onto that I've locked all the doors to and now you can't get out. Just kidding. Anyways, borderline of what I'm trying to say is don't be someone's project. You can't go into a relationship wanting someone else to heal you, to save you, and you cannot enter a relationship hoping that it fucking fixes you. You don't want to be someone's project. Do you really want someone to be like, oh, I'm going to get in this relationship and change her. No, you need to show up to your relationship, not as a piece of someone else's puzzle, not as a puzzle that has been, you know, partially pieced together, but he's the missing puzzle piece. Fuck your puzzles. They take me too damn long. You're a work of art. You are a whole, complete work of art, and you are stuck with yourself. This is one of the best pieces of advice I've ever given someone. I came up with it. You're stuck with your, so full creds, you're stuck with yourself for life. And it's up to you if you want to be someone worth living with. Because it's true. You're going to live with yourself for the rest of your life. And you have to be someone who is worthy of your own time. And you have to put in the work to be good to yourself in order to be good to others. Because, as I was trying to say, as RuPaul Charles fucking says, you cannot love yourself if you do not – you can't love other people if – shit. Oh, my God. I forgot it. No, I know it. You can't – if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to get – how how the hell are you going to love somebody else? And then all the drag queens go, amen. Not to my podcast on the show. Um, But, I mean, if a drag queen's listening, like, shout out. You deserve better than RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, But if you're going in, I hope you win. I mean, cheers. Hats off. So you're stuck living with yourself for the rest of your life. You are the only person who can work through your insecurities and your traumas. And it is up to us as people to know if we are projecting or or if our partner has done something to elicit a response. And in order to know the answer to that, you have to put in the self-work. And I'm not saying it's not hard because, I mean, the last three years for me have been very self-work oriented, have been very bettering myself, asking myself why I work, why I'm going through the shit I'm going through, going on an acid trip and coming back, having learned a thing or two. You know what I'm saying? But if that is what you're looking for, looking for healing, looking for fixing, nurturing, I'm sorry, but you don't understand how relationship works. Relationships aren't puzzles. You're art pieces. You're meant to complement each other. You're never meant to fix someone except yourself. 
because you're stuck with yourself for life. Now, something I want to get into because I think being able to assume the best in your partner, a lot of the times, if it's not your own shit, it is their shit or, I mean, you've got fucking options, all right? It's your shit or their shit and you need to figure out whose shit it is, okay? People's past actions or their current actions, all right? Now, I mentioned, I've been mentioning traumas and insecurities and how they can be a reason why you don't assume the best in your partner. And cheat, getting cheated on in particular can be very traumatic, especially if it, especially, what the, what the fuck is, especially, bitch, especially, I do have a speech impediment, okay, y'all? Especially if cheating happens more than once, now it is nearly impossible to assume the best. As someone who long ago put up with being serially cheated on, and I can, I plan to do an episode about why didn't, the myth of why doesn't she just leave? And I plan on talking about narcissistic abuse, gaslighting, all of that shit. But that's not what I'm focusing on right now. I'm focusing on what happens after you're cheated on. When someone cheats once, a lot of time that trust is gone. And what will take its place is feelings, if your feelings go invalidated, if shit doesn't get worked out, if you don't have a game plan on how to move forward, if your partner doesn't explicitly say what they need from you, if you don't work shit out and you don't rebuild that trust because it is an effort to build something, that's why I'm not a fucking builder, y'all. It sounds like a lot of work to me. Anyways, jealousy and insecurities and anxiety will always replace the trust that was previously established. And now, whether whether you need to work on your jealousy, insecurity, and anxiety by yourself, whether you need to work on it together, that's something for you as a couple aside. In my opinion, it is important for partners to work through jealousy and insecurities and anxieties and adapt to accommodate them after you cheat on someone. Because your relationship can sustain cheating. I have heard time and time again where someone just fucks up. Hey, I got really drunk. I did XYZ. I'm so sorry. And, you know, I understand if you want to break up with me. I am, you know, they are remorseful because if someone does care about you, trust can be rebuilt. At the same time, you can only make someone grovel and apologize for so long. Don't let a fuck boy tell you that because if he's apologized twice for sleeping with the same bitch for three months, you know what? You know what? I don't think trust can be rebuilt, bestie. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't. I'm not sorry. It didn't get built back up. <laughs> uh, bestie is me. Anyways, I have been serially cheated on. And a lot of the time, the trust is gone. We know it takes its place. However, each time you find out you've been cheated on. I used to find out because I'd be in public places and someone would be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry I heard, you know, you and so-and-so broke up and now he's dating XYZ. And I was like, um, he told me he was going to marry me yesterday. So, okay, he's cheating on me again. Cool, cool, cool. I'm going to go buy myself some ice cream because I don't realize I'm allergic to eggs. Actually, it's just egg whites. Well, anyways, shut the fuck up about eggs, Mary. Get to the point. It 
can become impossible to reestablish trust. And if someone is willing to go behind your back and pursue another relationship, that isn't cheating that can be forgiven. Nine times out of 10, that isn't worth forgiving because that person knows you. That person has loved you, put so much effort into a relationship and still has said, I don't care if trust gets broken. I don't care if they find out this other person is worth pursuing. That is what they're saying if they continue to cheat on you, that your trust is not important to them. I mean, then why are you with them? Like, if you can't trust somebody, if you can't assume the best in their intentions, what are you doing? A great example, non-cheating related, of not being able to assume the best intentions, right? You have a roommate, okay? And dishes are starting to pile up. You have two responses. You're like, oh, they always pile up dishes. Or are you assuming the best in them? Are you giving them a chance, essentially? Oh, you know maybe they're really depressed and it's been really hard for them. Maybe they don't come from a family where that's normal and you need to establish rules. Okay. I've always said, don't let roommate issues become relationship issues because if you can't assume the best in your partner in a day-to-day sense, like, why didn't they do that? Do they not think about me? Like assuming the negativity can be from you or it can be from them. And you need to be able to reflect and ask yourself why. So I've been saving this whole fucking time. Damn. Why y'all still listening? You know that. I'm just kidding. Please keep listening. <laughs> I'm like, get off this podcast. Fuck it. It's terrible. <laughs> so a test I have done and a test that I think can hurt but is effective. And the first is, I have two. If I think something someone else is doing is unhealthy, don't make fun of me. I ask myself, how would this feel if it happened to someone I care about? Mary, that's not embarrassing. And then I get real personal. And I ask myself, how would I feel (laughs) I'm not fucking with you guys. I have done this. How would I feel if a dog treated my dog Zuko like that in a doggy world? How upset and angry would I be on his little tiny behalf? He's laying next to me right now. He's curled in a little tiny ball. He's got his paws in the air, all four of them. His head is entirely tucked underneath him. I don't know how my little acrobat does it. And if somebody cheated on my fucking dog or made them feel like they weren't good enough, I would murder them. So why would I be with someone like that? Now, for the people who can't step into doggy worlds, they don't have the imagination or they're just fucking normies who, I don't know, I'm not fucking normal, y'all. I have trauma. I've gone through shit. That's why I give such good advice. Everyone's like, oh my God, how old are you? When they first meet me at the club, hoping I say 18. And then by the end, they're like, oh my God you're so much more mature than me. Like I've never, I've never heard anyone talk like this. And I'm like, we get it, Steve. You've never experienced empathy or gone to therapy, but I do understand the ins and outs of relationships. I do. But sometimes it's so hard 
to see what you see for other people for yourself. And uh, I would say even better tool if you can't step in a doggy world. Advice my mom has given me. It's not bad, but it's not good enough. Is she always told me, whoever you marry, I just want to point out my parents, not good together. Prefacing this. Whoever you marry, you should be okay if your children turn out exactly like them. Now, my dad is a shitty person. I have an episode planned and I think it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> but this is like where I'm at, okay? I won't, I'm eventually going to do narcissistic, beha narcissistic behavior and gaslighting examples and we are going to play a game, bitches. It's going to be, is it my dad's text, a text from an ex, or a quote from Love is Blind and you, yes you do, have to guess. Also, if you haven't watched Love is Blind, um, the most recent season, season three, everyone there's a bitch. Now, moving forward. <laughs> Fuck everybody. Moving forward. Anyways, that was my mom's advice. But the thing is, I didn't turn out like my dad. And arguably, my brother didn't either. And my younger brother is not going to turn out like him either. However, I once asked my mom because I was in a fight with my dad and my mom had once told me that she hadn't been happy in 11 years, which is not something appropriate to tell a child, yes, but it was something I had heard nonetheless. And my mom did nothing to change it. And when I call, started calling my dad out, she freaked out, was like, I didn't say that, X, Y, Z, whatever. So I have adapted my mom's advice and I've told her the adaption. Because I asked her, how would you feel if I dated someone like dad? Because I had. I knew I had. And it was the serial cheater. And she said, I don't want you dating someone like your dad. But I don't want you dating someone like me either. Because my parents are an example of not working through your own shit. Not assuming the best in each other. And being bad people. It's a terrible combination where you have, they both have unresolved trauma, both have insecurities, and neither of them work on it. And they don't try and make it better for the other person. They don't try and make it better for themselves. They aren't committed to themselves and they're committed to the idea of each other. It's just how the situation is. I was uninvited to Thanksgiving. Um, can you guess why? <laughs> Um, actually you can't, it's a long ass story, but, um, everyone I've told, including strangers says I'm not the asshole. I should do it. Am I the asshole? Anyways, my advice, would you, I know I sorry, but would you be okay if your child dated your spouse? Would you be okay if your baby dated your baby daddy? Would you be okay if your children dated the person you are with or would you be okay if your future children put up with the shit you're putting up with because if you can't assume the best and they're not a good person they will lose this test every time because I can guarantee you I do not ever want my children to know what it feels like to date someone like my dad or my mom, as someone who's dated both of them, not actually, 
uh, hotter, younger versions of them. Well, the serial cheater was low-key fucking ugly. <laughs> There's a long story to that. I was cute too. I have no, anyways, doesn't fucking matter. Anyways, but it's something you have to ask yourself. And that can be such a hard question to ask too. Do not get me wrong. That is such a hard question to ask yourself. And it's hard to end relationships. It's hard to leave relationships on the basis that you have not worked through your trauma enough. You have not worked on your mental health enough. You, codependency is hard to talk about. Dependency is hard to talk about. But if you don't bring it up, it only gets worse. And if you are miserable now, you will be more miserable later. I guarantee it. And it fucking sucks to hear. It does. You think I, you know, I was being cheated on like having a blast? No. But I believed I needed him because he convinced me I did. And that's a great example to our next segue, which is shit I've worked through because it's my podcast. I want to be genuine. I want to be personal. It's why I don't like to cut anything out. You're getting me. And I love who I am. And it's because I've worked hard to be the person I am today. And also because my parents can't take shit for how I've turned out. That is a plus. But I've had to work through so much parental and childhood trauma. But I've done that. And I'm working on healing and forgiving. And I know eventually I'm going to have to work on letting go. And I, every day I'm doing things to make peace with my reality in that and my past reality. And I have made sure that when I react, I reflect and then respond. And I've been serial cheated on. And yeah, it's been years, but it was still traumatic. It still was I remember being asking myself, telling myself, if I could just have boobs, then he'd stay. If I just had bigger tits, he'd stay. That's what it is. That's the problem. You should never feel like you have to change for someone to love you. I'm just going to say that right now. And I thought I did. And that was traumatizing to constantly be in that mindset and to feel betrayed constantly, trust broken constantly. and. My own per I have also had to work through my own just personal insecurities, whether they've been perpetuated by what people have said, what society has to say about my body. I've had to work through that. And I would be so stoked. Like I, it's on my list, but let me know how quickly, I guess. You guys would like me to talk about how I've worked to be more comfortable with my body. Obviously, stripping has helped with that in a wide variety of ways, but I've done a lot and had to do a lot to feel comfortable in my body and I still have a long way to go, but it's something that I work on because I don't want it to affect the people I love. I don't. It's not fucking worth it. And you know who else I love? Myself. If I have to be stuck with myself for life, I can't wake up every morning and not like what I see in the mirror. It's just what's up. I have to love myself whether I'm bloated or throughout weight fluctuations, it doesn't matter. I need to be able to love myself. But again, loving yourself is hard. An episode topic for another time. Something else I have had to deal with that I plan on talking about is sexual trauma. Now, there's no trigger warning. I'm not really going to get into it. But 
it was hard for me. And then I was assaulted and then very quickly had to prove to my serial cheating ex-boyfriend that I could still have sex. And my first sexual re-inter, like re my first sexual, well, the, okay, there is a trigger warning. My first sexual interaction was also assault. And I have worked so hard to overcome that. It has been difficult. I still plan on doing EMDR therapy because some of that just needs to be reset. And psychology and psychi psychiatric practices are an incredible tool when you can afford them. But I've had to work through a lot of shit, you guys. I just have. And it's fucking great. Because when you can work through that shit with yourself, when you can be kind and forgiving to yourself, when I can think something mean and go, you don't look like that. You're beautiful. Or, well, your organs are supposed to go there. And think about how good you felt today. Resetting my mindset because that's what it is, working through trauma, working through, you know, being able to change to not having, you know, these persistent reactions and being able to respond is huge. It changes your fucking life, you guys. And the thing is, though, your partner is responsible for obtaining, not obtaining, for living up to whatever you have both agreed on, whether it's monogamy whether it's how you treat each other, because if your partner treats you poorly, of course you can't assume the best in them. If your partner is constantly talking about other people's bodies and how much more attractive they are, you will never assume the best in them. If your partner is lazy and, um, I mean, I don't know if any, I'm assuming most people know about weaponized incompetence, but if your partner is constantly saying, oh, I just don't know how to do it, or oh, you're just so much better, your partner's taking advantage of your time, your energy, your emotional energy, your partner doesn't actively listen to you. There's so many things that can stray you from assuming the best in your partner. And the way to solve that is communication together and working on yourself. And those things are hard. And I am so excited to get even more into them. But it's important. And I think it's something everybody has to hear. Right now, if you can't assume the best in your partner and you're listening to this, sit them down and say, hey, you deserve for me to assume the best in you. And I deserve to. <sighs> what the fuck was that, Mary? Get it together. We both deserve to be able to assume the best in each other. But right now, I don't feel like I can assume the best in you. And do this after you've done reflection. And acknowledge ways that your trauma and insecurities have aided in this. And then say, but I don't, and they can say, I don't, but despite this, I want to acknowledge these. But I also really need to bring up how it hurt me, how it feels when you do this. And... I know that's not your intention, but when you do this, it makes it hard to assume the best in you. And you deserve a partner who can feed, who can assume the best in you. And you work through that shit. And if they're like, oh, this is just you, it's just you, you have your answer. If their immediate response is to gaslight you, you have your answer. 
if you can't bring up how you're contributing to the problem without them not acknowledging their own, because here's the thing, forgiveness goes a long way, but you know what else does? You know what's super fucking important as well? You can't have forgiveness without accountability. If you, you don't hold your partner accountable to certain standards and they don't hold themselves to certain standards, it's super fucking hard to reestablish trust. It's hard to forgive. As Taylor Swift once said, I forgive, but I don't have to forget. Because here's the thing. If someone hurts you, that doesn't just go away. You have to work on it. You have to say, let's say you cheated. What can I do to prove to you that this was a one-time mistake? What are actual actions I plan on taking? Say actual actions you plan on taking, whether it's to work on yourself because you cheated on them or whether you're on the other side and say, here's what I need from you to prove yourself. Because the thing is, if you, you have to ask for what you want or you won't get it. But if you ask for what you want and someone tells you no, then they have chosen not to be with you. They've made their, they have chosen that. It wasn't your choice. They chose it. And now you have your answer and you got to go. And if this ruins relationships, it's, I'm not sorry because you deserve to be in a healthy relationship and so does your partner. But you also need to work on your shit. That's what's up. So if you, you should be able to assume the best in your partner. And when you can't, ask yourself why. And being honest with yourself is a hard battle. But, I mean, if you can't be honest with yourself, like, girl, who are you fooling? Nobody else probably, I'll tell you that much. But to end on a more positive note, a really good example of being able to assume the best. You come home after a long holiday and the house is trashed and your partner was the last to leave. And you're like, oh, I just want to relax down. The house is fucking dirt. Oh God, this is so frustrating. Step back, say, why is it dirty? Is it because they only had 30 minutes in between leaving work and coming home? Is it because they got other things done? Don't go in. If you can't go in trying to reset and assume the best in them, thinking about their feelings and their reality, then like, shit, babe, don't date them. Date yourself too. Fuck. People are always like, date yourself. That's so fucking stupid. What am I doing? Marry myself? I mean, you are stuck with yourself for life. Do what you want. I have a friend. I can't wait for them to get married. Oh my God, you guys. That's going to be a bitch in wedding because uh, she's going to marry himself and they're going to kick some ass and I'm going to be a bridesmaid. <laughs> so anyways, this was kind of a heavy episode, but it's important to talk about. And the best part about this is you're hearing it now. Not five years from now, not two years from now, not two months from now. You're hearing it now. And every day you can make an effort to make it better, to work on yourself, which feels amazing, you guys. My day-to-day -day life is fucking great. And it's taken a long-ass time to get there. I used to just lay in bed and do nothing. I was just paralyzed. I All I could do was just lay there. And I didn't take care of myself. I couldn't. I My executive functioning is already so flawed because I do have, you know... 
forever depression and ADHD, you know, also doesn't go away. So executive functioning is already hard. But when I was first experiencing PTSD, I just couldn't do it. I didn't have the energy. And that was, oh God, this is my sophomore year in high school in particular, was the worst I've ever been. Every day I wanted to fall into a coma, which is suicidal ideation. I'm so sorry, trigger warning about suicide. I was very suicidal, leave it at that. But I'm here <laughs> and my life is so much better than I ever could have guessed. It's amazing. And I want other people to know how that feels. I made this podcast for me because I want to get it out there. I need to. I need to know that other people have the tools that I've learned to be better, to be happier. Because you're in charge of your own happiness, but there are people who will sabotage it. It just do be like that. We've all worked in customer service, but anyways, you have options and life's gonna be great. And I will be leaving resources in the description, of course. And I mean, hey, go out there, be sexy, be hot, both emotionally, <laughs> be hot emotionally and remember, because you always have been, that you're hot physically, because you're stuck with you for life, bestie. So start living it and have a good time. XOXO, go piss girl, because I'm gonna. <laughs> Bye. Special thanks to Nick Bunelli for doing my cover art. And especially special thanks to all of my friends who have listened to my first and second episode. Tune in every Monday for Stripper Mentor Mondays, and check out our most recent episode, Why We Fake Orgasms. And tune in on Thursday for some stripper-related advice. Now, I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day, and thanks for coming by.